Well, hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Extra Podcast. This is Paul Siemens here with you today on this beautiful Tuesday that we're recording. Uh, the Tuesday after the time change. Hopefully, mm. everybody's doing okay from that. Uh, I'm waking you, up at 5.30 in the morning these days. That's crazy. I know. Because of the time change. Yeah. I know. Totally. That's how I feel, too. Yeah. Uh, and with us is uh, Crystal Taves. Hello. Good to have you here. Thank you. And as a guest, somebody who drove all the way yes. from... <clears throat> from sunny Tri-Cities. Sunny Tri-Cities area. Man, you actually spanned the river. That's right. Good I, for you. I make the trip uh, about every other week, and it uh, never fails to be long. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Good. <clears throat> yes, but it's good to be back. Yeah. yeah. Well, good to have you here, Matt. Thank you. So how have things been going at Tri-City? Uh, they have been good. Yeah, it's been a little while since I've been on the podcast, and uh, you know, God has been uh, so gracious and so encouraging. Uh, this is this is our second September, so mm. it's it's different as a ministry in in lots mostly good ways in the sense that the ball is already rolling, the teams are are there. Uh, we are looking, I guess, for ways to deepen our connection with the community. The first, you know. Last September, it was just trying to hmm. make sure that the lights were on and that uh, people knew we were there. And and since then, God is really um, uh, we just see Him working. There, there, especially in that we're in a we're kind of in a neighborhood. If you haven't been out to a Tri City Church, uh, we are in an old uh, Baptist building built in the '70s, and the community grew up around it. So right. you wouldn't find us unless you knew we were there. We're surrounded by houses and. Yeah, a lot of them look quite new too. Yeah, yeah. So there's some new developments and some yeah. older, probably in the 80s especially. Mm-hmm. Um, but we've had a lot of people. That's, I guess, been the the, the great thing is that from the immediate area, um, especially at our like our Easter or sometimes we really put the word out, we've definitely seen a lot of people come in and a lot of people uh, stay. We, we, mm. We're excited. We're so... Um, we're seeing God do what we what we've been praying for and hoping for, and it's it's a real joy to see that Him build His church. Yeah. That's awesome. How many services are you doing on Christmas Eve? Uh, we oh. are probably going to do four okay. actually, because uh, we did three last year and we were pretty packed. So yeah. uh, we don't have a giant um, gathering space, and mm-hmm. so we we want to make sure there's room for new people. So yeah. that's that's our main uh, uh, concern is to make sure new people come in. They're they're not you know, in tucked away in some corner, but they're warmly welcomed and mm-hmm. yeah. So that's right. Christmas Eve is on the horizon. We're definitely looking forward to that. Yeah. Yeah. I said, um, when I was emceeing on Saturday night, I, I mentioned how I preached over at Tri-City. Yeah. What, two weeks ago? Two or? weeks ago. Yeah. yeah. And um, while I was there, I was there because a lot of the men were away at the men's retreat that yes. you guys were having. Yeah. You guys and were with mm-hmm. Westside and Christ City. Yeah. I think. Yeah, there's a bunch of us got together yeah. at Rockridge. Yeah, and and even though they had a, a bunch of men gone at this retreat, still their 10 a.m. service was jam-packed. They had to pull out extra chairs, and yeah. I was amazed because I was thinking, oh, here, I'm coming in to preach this weekend. There's going to be, like, nobody oh, here man. or just, just me the- and all the women. <clears throat> but no, there were tons of guys yeah. and tons of families. Like, it was great. Well, they knew you were coming. Yeah. So Paul Seamus is coming. Yeah. Come on out. Yeah. Bring your friends. I kind of don't think so. Uh, no. It was, but that's been uh, a real, I guess, a real encouragement. You don't always see that. We know it's just really by the hand of God that um, as people invite, people are people are responding. And uh, we hear a lot of, we're getting to see a lot of people, especially reconnect with the Lord. Like a lot mm. of stories we hear, those that just 
for some reason, have not been part of the church for a while. So to get see them excited about the, the Word of God and what He's doing in and through us is yeah, super encouraging. So awesome. Have you had That's baptism beautiful. services there yet? Uh, yeah, we did uh, last Easter. We baptized about. 12 people, if I remember correctly. And in two weeks, November 18th, we are having our second baptism uh, service and we will be baptizing seven more people. Nice. And one of them is a convert, uh, a young woman who came to Christ through the young adults ministry. So this time awesome. last year, she didn't know the Lord. And huh. by so the great. grace of God, so we're really encouraged. Just, yeah, super good. Sweet. Yeah. And your son. And my son, that's right, Caleb. Yeah. Uh, son number so three good. is getting baptized. Yeah, filming some baptism testimonies today at the church. And uh, yeah, that also uh, personally is very, yeah, very encouraging. Mm-hmm. So that's awesome. Yeah. Sweet, man. Um, so this, today on the podcast, we want to talk about prayer. So prayer is one of the areas here at Northview that I oversee. And uh, it's a privilege, a blessing, honestly, to be able to, um, to watch over the area of prayer, to be able to... Uh, help in different prayer ministries, uh, recruit prayer volunteers, all this kind of stuff. It's it's great. I love prayer. I love helping people pray, talking about prayer. Um, but in our world today, it seems like there can be some confusion of even what prayer is. So let's start with that. Let's talk about what it, prayer is. So you guys, as yes. I ask you that question, how do you answer? If someone was to ask you, what is prayer, what mm-hmm. would you guys say? Uh, it's... Uh, First and foremost, first and foremost, uh, words that we say generally, mm. it's words that we are speaking mm-hmm. um, either out loud or in our, in our mind and we're, we're talking to God. So mm-hmm. I think the basic answer is prayer is talking to God. Mm. Um, there's a lot of different, um, you know, ways that we speak to God with, with requests, with, with yeah. praising him, adoration, but, yeah. but at the very baseline, I think we just say it's, it's us speaking to God, mm. um, either in our own mine, like not necessarily allowed, yeah. but uh, sometimes also allowed and sometimes with others or on our own. So um, it's the means by which we connect with the Lord, at least from from our, from our us, us to Him. Right. right. If you look at the biblical, kind of how the Bible is put together, so much of the Bible is kind of God's perspective on the world. Mm. But you look at books like the Psalms, where it's kind of people's perspectives on God and their prayers yeah. back to God. And so you look at the whole 150 Psalms, and mm. they're basically people reflecting on their experience on life and kind of placing that then before God, right? Mm-hmm. And asking right. for his intervention, asking for his healing, praising him for the things that he's done and the way he's, he's interacted mm-hmm. in their lives. So mm. in terms of an Old Testament model, I mean, the Psalms is an amazing model of people pouring their hearts out to God, basically, yeah. is what you see in either Thanksgiving or in supplication or in confession, all these different pieces that are part of, mm-hmm. of those Psalms. And and, it, and they're very candid, right? That's yeah. always a strange very honest. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's an honest, That's so it's not formulaic, it's mm-hmm. not just the the rote uh, words that we know we should say to God, it's an actual expression of our heart and our mind. And sometimes frustration and anger yeah. and fear, and I don't know where you are, God, and yeah. why are you not answering yeah. right. me? <laughs> yeah. But it's that rex- wrestling kind of with God. Mm-hmm. And then we see in the New Testament, we see you know examples of Jesus praying. Uh, he gives us examples of how to pray. Mm-hmm. And then we see you know throughout the New Testament letters, examples of Paul and others who just kind of say, this is what I'm praying for you. And they give us that, that mm-hmm. text kind of of what they're, what's on yeah. their mind, what's on their heart as they're kind of lifting up people to the Lord. Totally. Yeah, yeah. It's um, I heard a pastor recently say, I, and um, yeah, I, I recent I was at a conference down in 
um, Virginia Beach a couple of weeks ago, uh, Christian Counseling and Educational Foundation. It's tough. It's CC. Yeah, yeah, it was tough. I know. Hotel is actually right on the beach. Oh, yeah. Oh, That's man. a view. All the, anyway, don't need to go into that. <laughs> right. It was, it was a great uh, conference and a great time away. Um, but um, there, during one of the sessions, one of the pastors preaching and speaking to us about counseling and using uh, prayer in our counseling was talking about the importance of using scripture hmm. as we pray and in our personal lives, but even as we pray with others and are counseling them, bringing the scriptures into it. And one quote he said was that the Bible has a whole book based on, or yeah, the Bible doesn't have a whole book based on pre- preaching or telling us how to preach, but it does have a whole book based on prayer, be- being the Psalms, as, yeah. Crystal, as Crystal just said. Um, so if that's the case... When you think about our affinity for the things of the church, when we gather as a body, that kind of thing, uh, we have a lot of people that come here because of preaching, hmm. and they come to our churches because they appreciate the centrality of the gospel in our preaching, the expositional nature of our preaching, that kind of thing. But when I when I ask people about why they come to our church, I don't often hear people say, oh, it's because of the prayer, hmm. right? Um, hmm. So why is it that and that's not not just to say anything against our churches, so to speak, but I think prayer is something that a lot of Christians struggle with, and a lot of us, uh, while we're saying we, we give the mental assent that it's prayer is important, a lot of us in our lives don't actually place an, a priority on it yeah. in our daily lives, uh, in the way we even run our services, all that kind of stuff. So why do you think that is? When you see the Bible place such a great emphasis on it, and you, and clearly even Jesus in his life, he would depart. Um, Luke says that he would often often slip away and pray on his own. So why is it that if if the Bible is so in, or places such a priority on prayer, why do we tend to not? What do you think, guys? Think? Well, I th- <clears throat> I think part of the reason is is just. Um, the challenge we have with cultivating genuine relationships in in general, I might mm. I might phrase it or sort of position it that way, right? That there are, there are people, there are friends that we have that we lose touch with, that we mentally would assent and say, no, that person's important to me, but I haven't mm. actually called them or checked up on them or sent them a text in a while. And and if we would ask why, well, because I'm preoccupied, I'm preoccupied with my own stuff, and so. You know, mentally, or or I would say, no, they're they're a good friend of mine. They're important, but I haven't spent any time with them. That's part of our um, our human weakness, our self centeredness. I, I might say, and mm, so yeah. I, and if you would push a little further, unless there's something that we needed from that person, and then we would probably in that moment <laughs> yeah. send them a text because yeah, oh, I, yeah. I see. So I, I feel like it's sort of the, the same that we're so um, ab- absorbed or uh, with ourselves, or maybe just feel like man, things going things are going all right. So I know. I know I need God. Like, I, yes, I'm, I'm saved by his grace, but functionally day to day, uh, I don't, it's not forefront of my mind mm. because I'm preoccupied because I'm, I'm blinded by my apparent self-sufficiency that I get through the day. Okay. And I think all of us would attest to the fact that the, the times that we pray are those times when our needs are made much more evident. And so, mm. um, I, I just wonder if that's really what we're talking about is, um, uh, one of our uh, challenges as human beings in terms of really understanding 
uh, who we are as as a as creatures as as needful beings as dependent upon as him dependent right yeah. and so we tend to just go through life I, I think there's some of that dynamic even in the way that we or orchestrated church gathering perhaps or I don't know that's what comes to my mind uh, from a practical point of view what yeah. do you think Crystal is that I think that's definitely part of it I think part of it too we did a prayer um, like our women's retreat two years ago was on prayer and I was surprised when we got feedback later how many people said they'd never actually been taught how to pray hmm. and they felt like they got right. kind of in these dead ends where they'd have okay there are three requests and they put them before God and then didn't know kind of what else to do like this is what I pray hmm. I have these three things that are on my mind but they had no concept of adoration and confession and you know all these pieces being part of it and when I talked about us like, I think the most influential thing for me was I spent a couple of years going through the Psalms and writing out each Psalm and then praying mm. in the pattern of the Psalms as I went through it. And it just gives you a whole different prayer vocabulary and it, yeah. it, it transforms your <clears throat> minds in terms of the things that you pray for and what you pray for and how you pray. And so I think some people just don't have an idea of, of what to do. They yeah. say, I'll give my request to God, but then the scope I just kind of go around and around yeah. in circles of the same three requests right. every week or whatever, yeah. and that yeah. feels like unfulfilling, and it doesn't. I don't know what else to do with it. Yeah. And so yeah. I think so, it's part of that practical piece, too. So if people were going to ask you which scriptures do they turn to to learn how to pray, like what should our prayers look like, what would you guys point them to? Yeah. I agree with Crystal. I've been greatly helped. Uh, there's a book by Don Whitney, I think, called Praying the Bible or Praying the Psalms. Is that what praying? Anyway... Doing just what you said. The Bible too. Yeah, but yeah. Donald Whitney is the guy. Yeah. <clears throat> doing that very thing, just um, beginning my time in prayer uh, by reading a psalm, um, mm-hmm. by and then um, I think he, you know, his the methodology is, is to sort of make connections between what what's being said, what's being expressed um, in, in your own life, in the life of the people around you, and then praying through those things in light of the language of the psalm. And I found that to be. Uh, so fruitful because each each morning that I go there, it's like um, it's almost like a roadmap or, yeah, or a guide. Exactly. I'm not just mm. kind of coming. Oh yeah, I stuff. You know, there's yeah. some. I'm praying the same things often because there's yep. the same concerns in my heart or my yep. mind. But the yep. language of of the word informs then my prayer and gives uh, almost language to some of the things that are in my heart. And and I think I love about it is it's 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 God speaking about like the character of God is revealed, which mm-hmm. then sort of kindles things in my mind that I can praise God for. So uh, I think the Psalms, if anyone asks me, I say, man, just, um, I think his, again, his tactic is to whatever the day of the month is, you turn to that Psalm and then you flip forward 30, uh, 30 Psalms forward or back. Like you kind of have a bit of a method. So if it's like the third of the month, you read Psalm 3, Psalm 33, Psalm whatever. Yeah, you kind of flip through and maybe there's something that jumps out in one of them in particular and you pray through that, but it really does give a spectrum of human experience and also the character Mm. of God. I found that to be, uh, that's where I would start. Yeah. The other ones that, like, if you look through the New Testament letters, like I said, Paul's letters yeah. often start with a prayer or yep. end with a prayer, yep. like Ephesians and Colossians and Philippians, they all have beautiful prayers at the beginning. Yep. And so it's such a challenge for me to read them and think, oh, am I praying the same things that Paul's praying for? Because mm. he's not praying for people to be taken out of circumstances or to be healed or right. mm-hmm. he's praying that they would know God and that their hearts would be kind of, that they understand the love that God has for them. And it just raises the bar in terms of what prayer is. Mm. How do we actually come alongside people by, like, these are lofty prayers that he has. Totally. Have eternity in view, not just this earth in view, but both things, you know? Yeah. And so that, again, helps shape when we compare what we pray for with what Paul and Peter and all these other apostles pray for. It's, yeah. yeah. And then also the Lord's Prayer is a great template Mm -hmm. to think through the, the different categories that Jesus prays through in terms of Father's, you know, God's name being hallowed and 
and the confession yeah. part and our daily bread part and yeah. um, you know all the different pieces yeah. that are part of the Lord's Prayer is right. a great template kind of to think through and pray through. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think uh, when we look at the the New Testament, uh, we see, like you said, we see Paul's prayers, uh, Jesus, the Lord's Prayer. We also see Jesus uh, in in the high priestly prayer yeah, and the way he John, prays yeah. there. Oh, it's beautiful. Uh, to read through John seventeen yeah. and through his high priestly prayer, how he prays for us, uh, what he prays, what he says mm-hmm. to his Father is is just amazing. So um, all of these are great scriptural references to go to. And you also talked about Donald Whitney's book yep. Yep. called Praying the Psalms. Is that right? Uh, I looked up here. Praying the Bible, I think. Is... Praying the Bible. Okay. Yep, that's one. Yep. yep. Awesome. Uh, another one is called, uh, is just simply called Prayer by Timothy Keller. Tim Keller is one of our favorite authors of many of us here on mm-hmm. this staff. Um, uh, the three of us in this room as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Tim Keller's book on prayer is fantastic. So uh, I actually have five copies of this <laughs> to give away Ooh. to whoever will email me the answer to the question that I have at the end of the podcast. Okay. Oh, okay. So the end of the podcast, Listen I'm going to ask a question, end. and the answer will be between. Now, when you're hearing that this is coming to the end, the end of the podcast. So listen closely. So Matt, exciting. you have to pay attention. And so then the first the five book. To the question. Yeah, yeah. yeah Matt wants is really bad. So, <laughs> <laughs> so just uh, yeah, take note of what we say from here on out. And uh, if you want this book, if you want to grow in your prayer life um, and be encouraged, this book would be great. Another, so another classic, uh, yeah. Paul is a praying life. Mm-hmm. I was going to say that. One. Oh, yeah. Paul Miller. Paul Miller. Yeah, yep. that's a really just good if one. People are thinking of. Yep books to add to the cart. Mm-hmm. Oh, fantastic. Do you have that one for free or no? Uh, no, I don't okay. this time. All right, no, that's fine. No, maybe There's another one on day. There's almost every intern's desk though, so oh, just, someone just walks oh, in yeah, the office. Oh yeah, they are using that one. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. yeah. I, I taught a class through um, a praying life, I don't know, two years ago? One of our TLC classes. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah, it's fantastic. Uh, so now that we've talked a little bit about what prayer is, um, I also want to talk a little bit about some of the distortions that might be out there as to, as to what prayer is, even in the evangelical church. Because there are ideas of what prayer is that actually don't jive with Scripture, and um, we want to talk a little bit about that. So um, there is something called listening prayer. Mm-hmm. And listening prayer is a movement kind of within the evangelical church that has gained popularity in the last number of years. And uh, we know that this uh, is advocated by certain leaders uh, in the evangelical church, even locally here. So we want to talk a little bit about what listening prayer, uh, what its advocates say it is, and kind of what some of the challenges are that we see with it. So, Crystal, I know that you've done some research on this. You've even talked about it before. Um, can you fill us in a little bit about what the advocates of listening prayer would say that that it is, and what and the benefits or the reasons to do it? Yeah, sure. Um, listening prayer they use kind of as their proof text John ten, which talks about the, Jesus is talking to the crowds around him, and he's saying, "My sheep will hear my voice." And so, mm. anyone who is my sheep will kind of know my voice, and they'll follow my voice. And people will take that text uh, to say that anyone who is a Christian will be able to discern when God is speaking to them audibly or like kind of in their imagination, and will be following them. 
or kind of calling them to something. And so if we are Christians, all we need to do basically is to tune our ears to the frequency that, that God's speaking to us on, and we should be able to hear Jesus's voice speaking to us and giving us guidance and direction for our everyday, kind of day-to-day life. And so that's the, the basic proof text of it. There's about three or four, actually five other ones that kind of are kind of main texts that they kind of just bring together to kind of give this idea that prayer is a two-way uh, conversation between us and God. And basically the formula is they encourage people to just kind of sit in a quiet spot to listen to the voices that you kind of you hear in your head, different um, impressions and voices that you're hearing to try to discern which of those sound like the Holy Spirit and which may be the sound of the enemy, of Satan, or the sound of your own thoughts, and then discern what you think God's speaking to you, mm. kind of journal through that, and then, yeah, just kind of decide or figure out what God's speaking to you in that moment, what special word he has for you, what prophetic message he has for you, how you, that kind of that day-to-day guidance piece. And then once that's done, um, to kind of then test that against scripture. Mm. And so the, the, the kind of the where that gets dicey is it places a lot of this... Um, kind of thoughts and impressions and ideas above, not above, people wouldn't say that it's above scripture um, kind of in their in their thinking, but it places it above it in the order. And so you're going to scripture last mm. in the sense of, um, in that practice. And so what will happen is you'll come, people will come with ideas or impressions of what God's saying to them, and then they'll try to use scripture to kind of validate that or to, uh, or to, they would talk about like using it to actually sift what's true and not, but it, the problem can be is when people have this feeling like God has told them something specific and then they see scripture contradicting it or not specifically mm-hmm. um, addressing it and then they'll go by their feelings rather than what scripture says or they'll force scripture to kind of to match their feelings. Like yeah. God must be okay with this. I see in his word he says this, but he told me this in my impressions and so I'm going to go with what he told me because this is what's giving me peace kind of on a subjective level, right? Rather than having scripture be the basis of our prayer. So instead Mm -hmm. of with the Psalms, where we'd sit and have the Psalms shape our prayers, this idea that we empty our minds and kind of allow God, hopefully we're assuming it's God filling our minds, and then we just sift that according to scripture. Instead Mm. of that, it just kind of reverses the order. Right. Yeah. And so what it ends up doing is it places um, kind of thoughts, impressions, almost on the same level of scripture in some people's minds, almost above scripture. So I had a one woman come to me last year after going to a listening prayer workshop. And I know this isn't what the the person was advocating, but she said to me, it's so such a relief to know that I can get to know God outside of the Bible, that I don't need to be in scripture in order to know God. Mm. And I just thought, oh, like that's exactly, like that's just such a slippery slope of then we make God in our own image and we, whatever our impressions are, is actually the true God and the God Mm -hmm. of the Bible is maybe oppressive or not as kind or, you know, all these things. And so we elevate our ideas of God above how scripture represents. Yeah, it seems to be allowing us to be the judge of what God says. Because if I'm just listening to the impressions that I have, and I'm just supposed to sort through that and go, oh, this is God's voice and this isn't, it's easy to say that, that, oh yeah, this one sounds like God because it's, I mean, whatever attribute you love about God, but it might be something... And oftentimes it's a subjective, like, I feel yeah. peace about this, right? Mm-hmm. But that's not actually a peace that would come from what scripture would tell you. Like, right. I feel right. peace about divorcing my husband, or I feel peace yes. about this re- new relationship because mm-hmm. it's giving me more joy than my husband is. Um, uh-huh. So that was where, I mean, that's extreme, but yep. if you place your own impressions above scripture, that's where it can lead. And that's where pastorally we see it leading mm-hmm. in some people's lives. Mm-hmm. And so that's the danger, I think. But, but the... 
the challenge though is uh, that, I mean, people might respond. So are you saying then that we're not in our prayer to be expecting God to speak? Yeah. And, and so how, because we, we see that in scripture, right? Where, especially in the book of Acts, where they're, they're looking for direction. They're looking and that's, um, that I think biblically is what we're called to. So what's the, how do you help people with that distinction that there is a, there's a role. I, I, I think we would agree, right? That there is a role that the spirit does speak. We're, uh, uh, continuationist in terms of the role of the prophetic word, that sort of thing. So, how would you help? Uh, maybe what's the difference for those that are thinking, oh, I, I don't know, listening. I hear what you're saying about listening prayer, but aren't we supposed to expect God to speak to us in our times of prayer? Like, aren't we looking for wisdom? We often pray for discernment and wisdom yeah. and guidance. Yeah. Uh, how, how do we navigate that? Or what would you say? Yeah. I would say um, just in terms of the priority of time even that you spend, to spend 80% of your time kind of reading and absorbing the words of scripture and 20% mm. of the time just kind of asking God for discernment in the sense that I think the problem is, is that we get the imbalance, right? Mm. People want a fresh word from God. They want to hear God tell them exactly what they should do today rather than just using their common sense and their wisdom yeah. that says, this is how I should live a moral, holy life. Mm-hmm. Rather than deciding on my own as a kid, which school I should go to, they'll sit and agonize for you know three right. months before God and Wait, say, yeah, God, tell me exactly because sign the something. idea is that people have is that if God tells me what to do, then it's going to be something that's trouble-free, stress-free. It's all going to be great. Yeah. If I wait and if I'm completely in God's will, then everything's going to be awesome. So I don't want to do anything unless I know it's specifically God's will. Rather than God giving us, you know, within, within Scripture, He gives us His commands as to how we should yeah. live and yeah. how we should make wise decisions. And the whole book of Proverbs is how to make, you know, decisions based right. on the information we have. And so my thought would be, yes, I totally ask God for discernment and I ask God for prayer, but I want my imagination and my prayers and everything to be shaped by scripture before that happens. Mm-hmm. Whereas I think what a lot of people do is they'll put the Bible on the shelf and say, yep. that's an old book. God yep. spoke to people in that old book in an old way. It's not right. relevant to me today. Mm-hmm. So God, just give me a fresh word. Right. right. I want you to tell me exactly what I should do today. And, right. and I don't want to spend my time in scripture. Right. And so I think it's that. Enter Jesus calling. Yeah. <laughs> right. But it's that idea. And she would say she bases, like Jesus calling, she'd say she bases it on scripture. But again, it's, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's, um, uh, when, I know when we are, yeah, Crystal, I think you were at, a, there was a conference that you and I were at at the same time, um, when there was a gentleman preaching at this conference, mm-hmm. and he gave a great message, and at the end of it, you know, people in the in the congregation were just, like, wowed, right, by the 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 word that he spoke. Uh, I would think that as we heard him preach out of the book of Matthew there, that he was preaching God's word and that we were hearing God speak to us through his word, yeah. right? And then after that, uh, the, the, instead of him praying with us uh, at the way the conference was set up, there was, supposed, there was like an MC who had come up and lead the congregation in prayer, except this lady, instead of leading us in prayer, just came up and said, now that we have that information... Uh, Let's hear what God has to say. Hmm. And it was making a dichotomy between the word of God. And yeah, and so there was a definite separation there between what we heard. And so she was saying that we didn't just hear God speak to us. We just heard somebody giving us some, maybe uh, some opinions or some information, as she put it. Uh, but in that moment, I was sitting there going, I want to I pray about these things. I don't, I don't just want to sit in silence. 
I want actually to, um, I mean, I could use that moment of silence to pray quietly myself, but I wanted somebody to lead me in prayer, to, to, um, to lead me to God's throne of grace, which is open because of what Christ has done for us, uh, and to bring our words, our, our concerns, our requests to him. Go ahead. And just to just to question that, and then Paul, would you say in that time though, like let's say I'm not sure what that you know person was speaking about, but mm-hmm. but often then we we do though ask uh, you know in light of what I've heard, in light of what you're saying in this passage, Lord, let, um, help me to see specifically where I'm called. Like let's say it's a you know a call uh, for for mercy or sure. Like I'm just saying there is that dynamic, correct? Mm-hmm. Where we we hear God speak and then we speak back, but part of our Part of our prayer is, uh, Lord, I need, I need to know, would you give me guidance to know how I apply that specifically in my life? Or what, uh, we, there is a discernment, can be yes. a, a right response. Is that, right. is that fair? And uh, that's a prayer though. Yes. Right? When you are thinking that yes. towards God or saying it verbally towards God, that is your prayer to him. Right. And so you, ga- you, you sent that going, Lord, like guide me, right. give me. And how, does, and how am I expecting a response? Uh, it might be the question for many, right? So mm-hmm. the listening prayer uh, advocates might say, "But that's that's really the focus of this quote unquote prayer time, which we're saying is maybe more a time of meditation or whatever." But mm-hmm. um, but we are we do f- believe that the Spirit of God is going to what uh, sometimes speak audibly, perhaps mm-hmm. we test that by the Word of God, mm-hmm. but oftentimes. Uh, Give us an impression. I'm sort of answering my own question here, Paul. So. Yeah, yeah, no, that's no, fine. You're, you're letting Paul <laughs> <up> real easy. <laughs> but also, then sometimes we turn back to scripture, right? Uh, yes. And and look for uh, perhaps a greater clarification. But there are things. I mean, there's so many things in our lives that the Word of God does not um, answer specifically, specifically about, and, and yet we're still encouraged to, like they did in Acts. Who who should should we send them to Samaria? Or should we not? Should we? Who's the you know, the replacement for Judas. Uh, and there are sometimes specific words. Um, I guess I'm pushing again to say, we're not discounting that. You're just saying prayer is us speaking to God and in light of what he's saying, um, I guess I'm pushing you a bit for the yep. the, the space for the response mm-hmm. that's not already written in the word of God, which is the authoritative, um, uh, you know, testing. We have to, mm-hmm. Thessalonians, we have to test everything. Yep. But I guess I'm wondering for in that space, like... Um, I would say in that case, like if we look at the Paul being called by the church in, was it Antioch that sent them out? And they had this prayer meeting mm-hmm. and Paul yeah. and Barnabas were set aside. Yeah. It was a church-wide discernment process. It was mm-hmm. c- kind of talking to each other about who are the great candidates, right? And the Holy Spirit leading them to say, oh, Paul and Barnabas are these guys. Right. And so as a church body, they were being accountable to each other in discerning. And mm-hmm. I think that where listening prayer goes a little bit sideways or can, is it becomes a very individual. Like God mm-hmm. told mm-hmm. me this, and I don't care what you say. This yeah, is what God's right. word to me was. Yeah, right. And it takes away the objectivity for anyone to speak into that word because, well, God told me this. Right. And so I'll have people come up on stage and say, you know, I was doing my devotions and I read this, but God told me this and God told me that and God mm. told, and it puts your word on an elevated level mm-hmm. that nobody then can engage with or dialogue with or right. is that real wisdom? Because it's, it's such a visceral, personal experience yeah. that you were like, I, I can't deny that I heard this. Yeah. Yeah. And there's not the emphasis or willingness to be holding it with an open hand and right. saying, man, this is what I, I, I think, think God yeah. might have said, but yeah. but help me to discern yeah. in yeah. light of scripture. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's really and I, and I, think, I think it's the, you know, the, 
when you go to God in prayer, what's your posture? Mm-hmm. Are you going to Him, going like, Lord, like I am willing to submit to Your Word. I am going to uh, pray to You based on how I see prayers happening in yeah. Your Word, or are you? going, you know, like Crystal had mentioned before, I'm looking for something fresh, so I'm going to stay biblically illiterate, leave my Bible on the shelf, and not worry about what you've already said, but I'm just looking for something totally new. Right. And that's, and this is where I think we see a major issue. Yeah. yeah. And I think there's people, uh, what I don't want to discount, I think there's people that have like that prophetic gifting, right? Mm-hmm. And people who are more um, kind of God uses in that way, but not everybody does. And so if we say everybody should experience this, what I've, what I've felt is that some people will say everyone should experience hearing God's voice. And then there's some people that don't, mm. and they feel like they're second-class yes, Christians. They're right. not as good because they haven't had this encounter, whereas mm. another person has. And that might just be that God gifted them in a certain way, mm-hmm. right? And I've had you know beautiful people in my life who have had that kind of real soft discernment. God really uses them in that way. And they've come to me and said, Crystal, I think this is what God's telling me, but you take it, you sift it, talk to people around you, you know, you know, in terms of guidance for my life. And I appreciate that so much. Like, I think mm. that's a beautiful way to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But if someone comes and hammers you over the head with it and says, I have a word from God, like we had a woman stand up in church a couple of years ago, yeah. I have a word from God, if you don't do this, Northview, by this date, the doors are closed. Like, right. this is what I'm doing, right? And she stood up and yelled that out in a Saturday night service. Like, yeah. that's not a godly attitude towards... Right. Anything. Any, <laughs> I know, but we kind <laughs> right. of get this when we get this idea of it's my personal experience, me and God, yep. and He's going to give me the word, and I have to proclaim it and pound people over the head with it. Mm-hmm. That can be where it goes to the extreme. So I think it's so much about how we approach God, yeah, our humility towards Him, our humility towards the body of believers, knowing that mm-hmm. we don't each have a corner on truth. Um, but together, we need to discern these pieces. All those things kind of come together in this whole topic. Yeah. There's a great book uh, by Kevin DeYoung uh, about discerning God's will, which is often where this comes into play, right? You're saying, what school do I go to? Should I marry this person? And Lord, if I remember talking with someone years back, she's like, I've just, I've talked to God and I'm looking, I just need three signs. If I get three signs, I know this guy I'm dating is the one. And at the time I was a very young believer and I was like, I, wow, that seems, I didn't really know what to say, but he's got a book uh, called Just Do Something a liberating mm. approach to finding God's will or how to make a decision without uh, dreams, visions, fleeces, impressions, open doors, random Bible verses, casting lots, uh, and all whole bunch of other right, things. Right, right. And it's it's sort of the interplay between, yeah, God does speak, but also he's given you a brain. Yeah. And, yeah. and there's many times when uh, the right thing is just what, what it's not. It's Now, we're not talking about decisions between sin or not, not sin or more. It's no. just... What what university did I go to? Well, you you should research it. You should I mean pray about it. Pray, right. and I found it really helpful. Um, pastor Carlin, uh, who was a senior pastor at Willingdon when I when I first came to faith, uh, he said that when it's decisions that he's making, he and his wife Marcia, where it, it is that kind of a choice, um, he would pray towards a certain uh, date, uh, and he would and his prayer posture would be Lord. Um, if there's anything that I need to know, if there's any information, if there's if there's any red mm-hmm. flags about one way or the other, Lord, would you would you reveal that to me? Uh, either through, you know, he would say through Scripture. I'm going to be I'm going to be praying about this as I read the Bible. I'm going to be talking to other believers, you know, people who love me and love the Lord, uh, and I'm going to have an an open attitude towards Lord. I really do want you to speak and inform my decision. And, and and it may be that there's an audible word from God saying, you know, hey, you need to make this decision. You may, but it may very well be that there's none of that, and yet still you would have had some um, some informed, uh, helpful leading of the Lord. And when it comes to that date, 
uh, you make a decision in terms of what you think is best. And I've done that a few times in my life. Uh, my wife and I have. The helpful thing about it is when you go past that day, you make a decision. You say, I think this, you know, I'm going to Kentucky or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. Very often you go past that date and then there'll be something down that road that you didn't expect that mm-hmm. is disappointing. It uh, comes out of left field. And at that point, very often we think, oh, if only we start to second guess. Yeah. But understanding the sovereign hand of God and yes. really having an open posture, we can say, Lord, you, you, you knew this was, if I really should not be down this road, you I trust you that you would have revealed this to me. I can have confidence even through the trials, uh, even through whatever I'm going through. This wasn't the wrong uh, decision. It was Mm -hmm. one that was informed genuinely, open-heartedness, trusting you, um, and then being able to trust you in the midst of those trials, not thinking, man, if only... Because otherwise we have to try to connect all the dots on our own into the future or wait and do nothing until we get that that word from God because then we can go forward in confidence. Yeah. And that's that's just not... a healthy, biblical, productive place right. to be. So. I think it's, yeah, I think that places too much emphasis on our own free will and not enough right. on God's sovereignty. Because yeah. I think God, all the, there's so many places that God's put me and I wouldn't have put myself there, but I know that his hand was putting me there. And yes. so if we mm-hmm. are so stressed about our decision, we're not recognizing God is sovereign over our decisions and he's mm-hmm. going to work through them and guide mm-hmm. us. And mm-hmm. if he wants us somewhere, he's going to get us there. It's not based on whether or not we see the magic writing mm-hmm. and the stars on it, right? Right. Yeah. So, and I don't think as we sit here and we have this talk about how God responds to our prayers. I mean, when, when God responds, like that's no longer prayer, Right. right? Like it's a response to the prayer. So God might, it might be a word of knowledge. It yeah. might be like you mentioned before, Crystal, it might be a prophetic gifting that somebody has. Yeah. Uh, he might yeah. use our own, like the work that we've been doing uh, or the, the things we've been reading or researching or whatever mm-hmm. to bring to mind what yeah. the answer should be. Yeah. Or a closed door circumstantially. Exactly. Where you, right. Yeah. right. All of a sudden the opportunity is okay, gone. Well, yep. Yeah. 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 Totally. That. And we had that, um, when I went to seminary, we were praying, Carla and I were praying about which school to go to. I had been accepted to three different ones and we're going, okay, where should we go? And we thought we were going to go to one and uh, we were moving in that direction and we kept praying and stuff and people were asking us, which one are you going to do? Which one are you going to do? And then finally, in the end, I just had to make a decision. Yeah. And as (laughs) I prayed, I was just like, you know what? I was like... It was just like, you know, uh, no matter where I go, no matter which decision I make, do I believe the Lord's going to be with me? Mm -hmm. Yes, he will be, right? Mm -hmm. And so we chose and we chose to go to Florida and and didn't look back. Like, Mm -hmm. it was great. Like, Mm -hmm. and we didn't have the the negative things happen that we actually had a number of positive things happen that kind of confirmed it because we were still... We're making a big step of faith and moving our, ourselves and four kids down to Florida for the first time. Like, but That's crazy. That okay. wasn't God's will. Come no. <laughs> God would never ask you to do something hard. Yeah. Right. But it was, you know, it, I didn't get that, um, that answer of a definite, I didn't cast lots on yeah. which one it should be. I, but even if somebody does right. cast lots, you know, God is the one who controls the lots for that right. matter too, right? right? So... Not that that's the right thing to do, but... But you had a a posture of prayer, which was, Lord, I really do want you to inform this decision. I'm open, but I'm also not going to just wait and do nothing until I I get the vision from the sky or something. I'm going to trust that you give me a brain and and a call, because I see in the Word, right? I'm compelled to... Why are we going to Florida? School? Seminary? (laughs) Yeah, seminary. So you saw that in the Word, and you responded. I think that's... Mm -hmm. Sometimes miss that. Yeah. Great. 
Well, I think it's been a good conversation, guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, any do you have last a question? What? Do you have a question for people that they can get a free book? So I do. So a couple <laughs> minutes ago, now near the end of, uh, as we were chatting, Pastor Matt Glezos mentioned an author's name. And he mentioned uh, an author. Yeah, he mentioned an author's name. And what was his name? Mm. That is the question. From the book. Yeah. So there was a book earlier in the podcast. Right. Not that one. We're talking about the one that just happened. Not like, Donald Whitney. Not Donald Three, four minutes ago. Yeah, not Donald Whitney. Another one. All right? So Good. email that in to uh, my email, which is my first initial, my last name. My last name is Siemens. So P, and then my last name, Siemens, at northview.org. And the first five people with the right answer will get a copy of Tim Keller's book. I'm emailing right now. Okay. <laughs> Good job, Matt. Uh, Crystal, you want to close in prayer for us? Sure. Thank you. Uh, Lord, we just thank you that you are near to us when we pray, that you're Mm. near to us at all times. We thank you, Lord, um, just for what we've, for those of us who've been studying Exodus, uh, we hear way back in the Old Testament that you saw, that you heard, that you knew, that you remembered your people. And then when they cried out to you, you heard their prayers. And so, Lord, we just thank you that that is the reality of who you are and that you care for your people, that you want us to bring our requests before you. You want us to just bear our hearts uh, to you and to um, just come to you with all our questions, our concerns, our doubts, our fears, and allow them, allow you to shape them and allow you to answer uh, those things. And so, Lord, we just thank you that you give us this opportunity to converse with you. And I just pray that more and more of us would take advantage of it, that we would know you, uh, who you are through the scriptures, that we would know your care for us through the scriptures, and that we would know uh, your power and your sovereignty through Mm. your word that you've revealed. And so, Lord, I just pray that as we study your word, that it would just inform our prayers, that it would teach us more and more about what we can bring before you and and how much you love us. And so I pray that would be the reality for the people who are listening today, Lord, would they get a sense um, of your deep love for them, of your deep concern for them, and of your um, unfailing love. So we pray these things in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Amen.